Welcome, 1C family. It's so wonderful to be able to gather again today, to be able to worship together. We get to join together on this special day, and I want to give a huge thanks to all of the fathers, grandpas, uncles, brothers, and every other devoted man of God who helps guide us on our way. Today we get to continue through the book of Acts with Peter and John. We get to learn how they, the Spirit of God works through them in order to help glorify himself. Please open your hearts as we worship together. Would you please rise for our first song? We were made to be courageous. We were made to lead the way. If we could be the generation that finally breaks the chains. We were made to be courageous. be seated. 
Welcome as we gather together today. We have uh, the exciting moment of a baptism. And as we talk about why baptism for Elysia, there you are. She has incredible eye contact. When I met her the other day, she just kept looking. She was probably thinking, who is this strange guy? But uh, she was locked in on the message. So let me give you the back background to why we do this. For many people, baptism is a tradition. It's something that maybe you did, your parents, your grandparents, and on. And while that is true, it's much more than just a tradition. It is born out of the scriptures. It is something that was commanded by Jesus for us to do. And you understand a little bit of the background is uh, what I call the bad news and good news. Bad news is all of us are born into sin, which means sin is part of our life. It's part of our DNA. Um, ever since Adam and Eve, humanity has been struggling with this sin. God's answer to that was, I'm going to send my son. He's going to live a perfect life. He is going to suffer, die, rise again. And then right before he goes up into heaven, he gives the marching orders for the church. We find it in Matthew chapter 28. Jesus said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And then he gives a promise at the very end of that. And he said, and surely I'll be with you always to the very end of the age. And that's the promise that God gives to you and to all of us. And one of the traditions in the Christian church is to ask Godparents to come alongside. And that's really going to be your role. As she grows up, we're going to ask you if you would spiritually walk alongside and pray for her, encourage mom and dad. And then I always say this, remember this day, baptism. Everyone's going to remember birthday, right? You're going to have that first birthday cake and every, you know, the hands are going to go in there. But can you imagine on June 21st, if you two would just remember this day, tell her what happened as you witness God's grace. So if you are willing to do that, then answer, I will with God's help. May God give you the love and faith to do this on behalf of Alicia. And uh, we're going to baptize her in a moment, but she is going to be brought into the Christian faith. And a beautiful summary of the Christian faith is found in the Apostles' Creed. So if I can have that up on the screen, and let's share this together out loud. Together. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
right. You want to bring Alicia, Tanya, Kathleen, Lafridge, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And may our Heavenly Father who brought you into his family in baptism keep you safe in his loving arms forever and ever. Amen. And we pray. Oh, good and gracious God, thank you for your grace that's given to your people. Oh, and as we think of this grace given to Alicia, we pray that she would grow closer to you every single day and that she would come to know you not just as Lord and Savior, but also friend. Be with her parents and, and may, may we all experience your love and grace as we see your creation grow closer to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. One of the things that, um, many things that Jesus spoke about, he said, I am the light of the world. And if we think about what a light does, a light gets rid of darkness. And so in baptism, she's been brought into the light of God's grace and love and mercy. And uh, our prayer, get this to dad, is that she would experience this light today and tomorrow and every day, all for the glory of God. Now, one of the new traditions that we do is when we see the grace of God take place, um, I want to encourage you now to stand, and we're going to give thanks to God for what he just did in Alicia's life. Together. <laughs> Wonderful. Remain standing as we continue in worship.
may be seated. As a youngster, there were certain words that would cause me to shake a little bit. It would be when my mother would say, just wait till your father gets home. And I knew that what I did crossed the line, and I knew there was going to be some day of reckoning or moment, and some consequence to my behavior, and my dad would come home, and again, if you know the story, my dad was six foot two, he was a former boxer, really big, strong guy, and just had a commanding presence. Well, he would come home, and the day of reckoning would take place, and I probably would shed some tears, and then there'd be forgiveness. That's kind of what happens spiritually to all of us, right? We cross the line, we do our own thing, we go our own way. Our Heavenly Father comes to us and goes, I can't believe it, and, you know, there's this moment but then he says, because of Jesus, you're, you're forgiven. What a rhythm. What a moment. And there's nothing better than to hear our Heavenly Father say to you and me, I see your sin. You deserve death and separation forever. But because of my son Jesus, you're forgiven. Because of my son Jesus, our relationship has been restored. You don't have to be afraid anymore. That's good news, isn't it? Let's go to him now and thank him for that. Oh, good and gracious God, thank you for being that heavenly father who understands our sin, understands how lost we would be, 
and also what needed to be done so we can have forgiveness and life. Thank you for the grace given through your son, Jesus. Thank you for all that he accomplished on that cross 2,000 years ago and in our hearts today. May we give you thanks and praise for the grace and mercy you give. And may our lives reflect that grace as we live. And we pray all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen. May you know that grace and mercy. May we live that. And may we share that then with other people as well. All right, a couple announcements as we move forward in worship. Uh, if you are a guest here today, don't forget, uh, we'd love for you to let us know you're here. And a new way for you to do that is actually to text 1CGUEST to 94000. And that just allows us then to start communicating with you about all the different things that is going on in ministry here at 1C. So if you would do that, that would be very helpful. Um, also, in a little bit, we're going to have a time of prayer and if you have a prayer request, something that's on your heart, it could be a prayer of thanksgiving, maybe a prayer of concern. If you would, you can text, and I'm going to wait for that text to come on up here. Yeah, 402-242-5051. Just put that in your, your phone and type out what's going on, and we will include that in worship today. So again, take um, opportunity for that as well. And then thirdly, God takes great delight when people like you and me say thank you for all that he's done. And here at 1C, we believe that when we respond as we give of our time, our talents, our treasures, um, that's one way in which we could say thank you. So we've given you some opportunities to give online, whether it's by texting or online or our church center app, where you could give if you'd like financially. Uh, also, we tell you, if, if you would like to do some ministry and serve, let us know. We want to plug you in to the many different ministries that are going on. And the reason we do this, right, is in response to all that God has done for us. So may we, his people, worship him with our entire lives to his glory. Amen.
Yesterday, I did a wedding uh, outside of Lincoln, and as I was getting ready for the wedding, I was uh, putting on my tie. I don't wear a tie often, but it brought me back to a moment that I'll, I'll just never forget. I had, quote, graduated from clip-on ties. Anybody know what a clip-on tie is? Okay. And you admit it that you know what it is? Way to go, Gary. All right. Um, I'll never forget the time when my dad, it was time for him to teach me how to do a tie. So he would stand in back of me, and he would put it over, and then with his arms around me, would just teach me, you know, about going around first, then you go around again, then you come up underneath, getting there. And then you, you kind of pull this out and separate a little bit. And then you take that tie and you put that right in here. And then you pull it up and then you got a tie. I know, you can applaud if you want, but, you know, pretty, pretty cool stuff. Um, my dad taught me this. And I could see that he had a sense of, well, joy and accomplishment when somebody like me could figure out how to do a tie, right? Uh, my dad's up in heaven now. He's experiencing the joys of heaven. And he taught me lots of things. And as much as my dad, and you know that I, I think the world of him, right? Um, my heavenly father is even better than my earthly father. And he desires to teach his children, that's you and me, all sorts of things. So we're going to now look into the scriptures. And I just want to pray right now first that God's spirit would be working. So would you join me in prayer? Oh, good and gracious God, you are awesome. You are our Father like none other. You have poured out your love to us in the sending of your Son, but you've also poured out to us the giving of your Holy Spirit. And as you've also given us the Scriptures, the Bible, so that we can learn who you are, how you love, and the desires you have for your children, we pray that that Holy Spirit would open up our eyes, our ears, our hearts to the truth of your word for us. Thank you for being with us. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, that tie was on long enough. But uh, it does bring back memories. I, you know, putting that on was pretty neat. Well, as I mentioned, we're, we're praying that our Heavenly Father would teach us today. Well, some of you have been here before and you know that we're on the series called Spirit Driven and we're looking at the book of Acts. 
And even though the title says Acts of the Apostles, it really is the movement of God's Spirit in that early church. And when I set this up, I had this theme entitled Advocates of Healing. And I've been thinking, I've been praying, I've been studying, moving in a certain direction for the sermon. And then all of a sudden, Tuesday morning happened, where, where I became convinced that God wants me not to go this way with the sermon, but to go this way. And so I rearranged my thinking, my, my thoughts, my goal. But I, I do want to tell you at least where I was, what I was going to do. Because some of you might be sitting here today and you look at this Advocates of Healing and you're saying, okay, I don't get this. Example, why is there sin and disease, I'm sorry, why is there illness and disease in the world? And the answer is simple, and yet we struggle with it. It's, It's sin. Ever since Adam and Eve, these bodies are not perfect. People are not perfect. And all sorts of things can happen in these bodies and with these bodies because of this imperfection called sin. So that's part of the truth. I also want to tell you this, and this is where the scriptures are so true. God is going to heal everyone who is in Christ from whatever illness and disease. Because that's the kind of God we have. Now the question that remains, and I don't have the answer to this, so if you're going to ask me this, I'll just I'll go like this. When? We don't know the when of it, but we do know for sure that when we get to heaven, the Bible is very clear. No more pain, no more hurt, no more sorrow, no more disease. It's going to be perfect. It's going to be glorious. And yet there are times in this earth with people that they get healed on this earth. And I don't know the real big answer why, but I have a general understanding when I look at the scriptures. The reason people are healed sometimes on this earth has to do with what will give God the greatest glory and what will further his kingdom more. And so that's a filter I just put on. I don't know if that, if that kind of helps answer the question. But we're going to come across a moment in Acts chapter 3 where we see somebody be healed. And yet he wasn't healed for the first 40 years of his life. It was when he was around 40. So we're going to take a look at this. And the reason I I decided to go a different direction is because of what's happening in our country today. There's a lot of hurt going on. There are a lot of people who need healing emotionally, maybe even physically, with what goes on. And I want to address that. And part of this new direction came as a result of Uh, my study on a Tuesday morning, I'm kind of looking through stuff, and all of a sudden I come across an artist who depicts Acts chapter 3, verses 1 to 10 in a cartoon fashion. And I'll tell you, walking through this, you know, a picture is worth a thousand words, it caught my attention. So I thought, let's go in that direction for this Sunday. So if you would, join me as we take a look at the journey, and here is the depiction as we find Acts chapter 3, verse 1. We're told in the scriptures that Peter and John, we'll just, this is Peter and this is John, they're making their way to the temple. 
as good Jewish people would. That's what they're going to do. And they're going to go there for prayer. And if you see the sign up here, it says, Welcome of the Pure. And here's a little background. Back then, the law of Moses says, you have to be ceremonially clean in order to enter into the temple. And that means no illness. And so you see this person over here? This is, uh, I'll introduce him as, this is the, the beggar, right, who happens to be lame. He is not able to walk from birth. He's not been able to walk. So here we have, again, Peter and John, as good Jews, they're able to now go in there when he can't. In fact, who else couldn't? Children couldn't. Women couldn't. Strangers couldn't. I mean, you, you, you just couldn't go in there. You needed to be um, a male Jew that was ceremonially clean. So they're making their way in, and we have this... Um, unfortunate individual who has been brought out to this area by his friends day after day after day after day. He's literally carried and he's brought to one of the gates. Now, with the temple, there were all these other gates that were around there and they say it was probably at what was called the beautiful gate. They all had a different title. And he was just put down there. And he's looking for money. This was how they would support themselves by doing it. All right, something happens here. In fact, four different times as we go through Acts 3, 1 to 10, you're going to see four different words for see or look that have different meanings. So I want you to know there's some differences going on here. The very first one in the original Greek language is the word Aiden. So he saw them. And he is now going to be asking for alms. He's asking for some money. But here's how I want you to see this word, Aiden. It was, it was this lame beggar sitting there watching one person after another walking by, and he just sees them. He doesn't really look intently. It's just like Peter and John are one of the many men making their way to the temple. So he just sees them. Now we go a little bit further. And we find Peter and John now with the Greek word is atenzo, which is, if you think about English, it sounds like attention. And it is. Peter and John look intently at him and lock right in on him and see him. And you almost get this impression that they're seeing him for the first time. And yet, you put the little pieces together. This lame beggar has been brought to the temple every single day. Peter and John have been going there faithfully as Jews. So he's been there, but I don't think Peter and John saw the lame beggar, like really saw him. And so you see something taking place. And I'm going to believe that this is the result of the resurrection of Jesus, also Pentecost. So Acts chapter 3, in this story, this account, comes right after Pentecost. And that's where the pouring of the Holy Spirit. So here is what I'm seeing happen. Peter and John, empowered by the Holy Spirit, can now see this lame beggar in a way that he never saw them before. So he looked intently at him. Now we go through with the story. And now they say... 
look at us. And it's the word blepo. And really the, the background to this word is, all right, you're looking at me. This is, you know, you're looking at me like I'm, we're going to give you just a coin. But I, we want you to look at us because we have something that you desperately need. So it's a little bit more intense than just glance at us. It says, get ready, something's going to take place. So, he fixed his attention on them. So he is now locked in. And again, a new word is introduced. It's, it's kind of like a, like if you've seen a rabbit when they're going to get in trouble, they're like this. Something's going to happen. And yet, we still think that he's, ex, he's wanting a handout. This is what he's looking for. So he still's not seeing what Peter and John can give. So then the response is this. I have no silver or gold, but what I have, I give you. Now remember the resurrection. Remember the Holy Spirit. Remember these changed lives of these first followers. Something was going on in their world. And here's what he's offering. In the name of Jesus, walk. Again, if he's 40 years old, again, if he's been sitting there waiting and waiting and waiting, he's probably thinking this healing thing will never take place. So he would be happy with a couple coins. And yet Peter says, in the name of Jesus, walk. Now, what do you see happen? I mean, nothing yet. But here's what I think is a key this moment. And I want to draw you, you know, go back. Just take a look at, if you would, at the face of the lame beggar. You know, the, the cartoon before was this. It's like, same old, same old. But all of a sudden, Luke, the author of the book of Acts, says that Peter extends his right hand to the lame beggar. Why is he so shocked? Because Peter is doing the unthinkable. He is crossing cultural lines. You see, remember, Peter and John, they are ceremonially clean, and they're now touching somebody that's unclean. You just don't do that. In fact, if you look into the scriptures, there is this custom of giving the right hand of fellowship. And normally that would be given from friend to friend, peer to peer. You don't reach out your hand to somebody like that. That's why the look. Something was taking place in the life of, yes, him, but also Peter and John. Their life has been changed and transformed, and they're now ready to give this right hand of fellowship to somebody who's in desperate need. Wow. So what happens? Well, we continue the story. And we're told Agero, which is um, he was raised up. And I'm thinking, yes, he was raised up physically because he was able to get up. But as we see the story unfold, there's more to this. Because this next cartoon strip shows him walking with Peter and John to a place that he was never allowed to go before. He was able to go to the temple. To the place where, at least from the Jewish mindset, that's where God dwells. And before, there was always this distance. And he couldn't go there because of who he was. 
But now that he's whole, he can go. Pretty amazing, isn't it? What a storyline. You know, so now you can see the little extra bounce in his step. Remember, he didn't have any bounce before. He was lame. So now he has this, this joy unparalleled than ever, than ever before. More than a coin in a cup. It's a life that's been changed. And then we get to near the end of the story. And we're told that he entered the temple with them and the people saw him and were filled with awe and wonder. Why? Because they've seen this man also sitting there at the gate, never coming in for a long time. He was the, the man that was known as the lame beggar that was brought there and just placed there and never able to go into the temple. So now people are getting a, a grasp of this. Something remarkable took place in this man's life. And there was a sense of awe and wonder. Now if you recall my definition of, of why God heals when he does. It's to give God the ultimate glory and to further the kingdom. Maybe you've already thought of this. But here's the temple. This is the place that Jesus would go also for 33 and a half years. Jesus would go there. And while Jesus was alive, Jesus did not heal this man either. So why? Jesus, in the infinite wisdom, he understood. He understood that the impact on the kingdom work would be great and significant with him gone and his disciples now starting this movement called Christianity. And so here's what happened. Well, there's more to this. And I want to bring you back to this story. And, and hopefully you can go with me a little bit. Number one. Please, if you would, see yourself as this man before Christ. All of us, because of sin, fall short of the glory of God, and the wages of sin is death. And what, what is death specifically? It's separation from God, right? Separation from God forever. That's you and me. But when Christ has reached out to you and me, when he has given us forgiveness and life and joy, and peace. He is, extends his right hand to fellowship, and he brings us into his family, and we become heirs of eternal life, and we have all the stuff that only God can give us. It changes our life. It puts a bounce in our step. But now I want you to flip it a little bit. This is to be us too. Peter and John and how many people in our life are like this? Maybe not physically. Maybe it's emotionally. Maybe it's spiritually. Maybe they're so under attack by this world. They feel like there's no hope. And here's where, again, this George Floyd and everything going on in our country, this is what caught me on Tuesday morning. I believe this is the picture of the church. This is what we are called to be doing as the family of God. 
don't be content with the fact that you can go to church or that you have eternal life. Give thanks for that. But also, now, maybe God is calling people like you and me to have different vision. To start seeing people around us that, boy, if, if nothing happens to them, they're going to face a Christless eternity and they're going to be forever lost. Maybe what God is calling us today is to learn to be ready to put the right hand of fellowship. Doesn't matter what color, black or white, rich or poor, tall or short, doesn't matter. Whoever is struggling to extend this hand of fellowship so that more and more people can know the joy of being connected with God because of Jesus. So I'm going to take a moment now to pray. I'm going to pray that God works on your vision like he's working on my vision. That we start seeing the way that God wants us to see. And that more and more people will become part of the kingdom and family of God like Alicia. And to have the promise of his presence. Let's pray. Oh, good and gracious God, we come to you today. And, and yes, all too often we are blinded to the opportunities in front of us. But thank you that you have called us out of darkness into your marvelous light. Thank you that you've taken us as lost and depraved people to people who have been found and have been blessed beyond measure. So give us the vision to see what you have done for us, but also give us the vision to see who needs your love as well. And may that same Holy Spirit that moved in a mighty way in those first followers 2,000 years ago move in us today as a church, as people who make up the church. And may the end result be that more and more people will know you and love you and be part of your family forever and ever. Lord, thank you. And we pray all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen. I want to tell you guys about the song we're getting ready to do. Uh, about three weeks ago, I got a text message from Eric over here, and he says, you know, for Father's Day, I want to do this song. It's a little different. And I said, okay. So he sends it to me, and uh, I listen to it, and I go, well, this isn't your traditional praise worship song. This is, this is a secular song. It's something you'd hear on country radio um, 30 years ago because it's one of my favorite songs, and I looked it up the other night. Um, but as we were talking about it, it's a really powerful song about the walk you take. And being Father's Day, you know, we all... As we get older, we look back and you want your kids when they grow up to be able to walk and uh, you see them do it and you're so proud. They're getting older and they're getting older and they graduate high school or college and they're doing whatever. And then you realize as you're getting older, maybe you're helping your, your parents as they get older and they transition into the next stage of life. And then eventually you're the one that's doing that walk. And when we were listening to this song the other night, I was thinking, I'm like, Jesus took this walk for us. It's an amazing walk. He took it knowing he was going to the cross, he was going to die. And I sat there and went, wow, man, this song's really powerful. So with that, we're going to do this song. It's called The Walk by Sawyer Brown. Down a 
dusty driveway I didn't want to go But I sat out with tears in my eyes wondering Daddy took me by the hand Down at the school bus and his little man And said, don't worry boy, it'll be Cause I took this walk, you're walking now, boy, I've been in your shoes. No, you can't hold back the hands of time, it's just something you've got to do. To dry your eyes, I understand just what you're going through. Cause I took this same walk with my old man, boy, I've been Down a long dusty driveway, I set my mind to go. Well, I was 18 and wild and free and alone. Daddy took me by the hand, out at the world, and his grown man said, Don't worry, boy, it'll be alright. Cause I took this walk, you're walking now, boy, I've been in your shoes. No, you can't hold back the hands of time, it's just something you've got to do. So dry your eyes, I understand just what you're going through. Cause I took this same walk with my old man, boy, I've been Jesus, our all in all, our way maker, chain breaker, and healer, hear us, Lord, as we bow before you with our petitions. Prayer for all my fellow dads today. May God give you peace and show you grace. Happy Father's Day. 
After three long years, I want to thank the Lord for not letting me give up to keep fighting, to break the chains and give my life to him. I get to see my kids now. I get to have every other weekend. I get to share with them the heart of Jesus. Prayers of thanksgiving for our family's many blessings and prayers for continued growth for my beautiful granddaughter born five weeks premature. Prayers for Arizona and the wildfires. Prayer for the safety of all that are fighting them and for those in danger of losing their homes. Prayers for a son to come back to faith in Jesus. For all dads who can't be with their families. For comfort for the family of Steve Calwaite who passed on to heaven unexpectedly this week. Lord, I pray for our son Joshua. Please God, have mercy on his situation. Thank you, Lord. Lord, be with me on this mission to South Dakota, Native Reservations. Please guide me and be the best I can be to be your hands and feet. Please pray for all my friends that are going through hard times right now. My heart is heavy for all of them. Lord, only you can heal. Lord, thank you for the guidance you have stilled in all of the godly men in our lives to help us move closer to you. Please heal those hurting and continue to work through all of us to glorify you. A prayer for all those who haven't had a dad to share this special day with. Let them know that there is a special gift for them in our Lord and Savior, the best father anyone could have. May God bless them all. Guidance, strength, and wisdom for my children. A prayer that my little sister Serenity is safe on her visit with her dad today. A happy Father's Day to my grandpa Gary, who's always been there for me. Help him have a blessed day today and a wonderful birthday tomorrow. A happy Father's Day to my mom, Elise, who has had to step up and fill the roles of both mom and dad. She's my biggest blessing, and I don't know where I'd be without her. Prayers for Pastor and Kristen Thielen. Prayers for Kristen as she begins a difficult fight with a serious and complicated health issue. She is very loved and cared for by family, friends, and our Lord. Stay strong, dear sister-in-law. A prayer of thanks for the great report from Houston for Tiffany. Prayers for the Magana family 
as we spend our first Father's Day without our dad, may he rest in peace. Prayer for a friend with melanoma on her face, asking for total healing. Please pray for my friend's daughter, just diagnosed with breast cancer. Please lift up prayers for my friend Chris Wilson in Georgia. He has COVID-19, is diabetic, and has dementia, and is in an induced coma. Prayers for baby Nelson, who went to be with Jesus, and for mom and dad. Prayers for the Steve Callwhite family. Prayers of strength and comfort to Mercy Callwhite and the family. Prayers for the Warzik family as they are dealing with the death of Chad. And for Marcy Callwhite dealing with the death of Steve. Prayers for Mike Moser. Prayers for friends who have lost loved ones. Prayers for my daughter Paige, that her ankle will heal correctly without surgery. Prayers for my husband, who had back surgery, for a speedy recovery. We thank you, Jesus. You have heard us. Every prayer has been carried to the cross, to the throne. We know that you will touch these lives. And we close our time this morning with the prayer that you taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For in thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I want to thank you for coming uh, to worship today. Uh, may God bless you today and tomorrow and every day. Come on back. Now, next week, just so you know, you don't have to reserve for coming to church. We're going to kind of take that off, and but we're still going to follow all the East Central Health Department guidelines. So as you make your way here, you'll still be greeted and, and uh, hopefully helped to be able to be seated in here. Also to let you know that the first weekend in July, I think that's July 5th, we're going to have communion. And we have figured out, we have already figured out a way to be able to serve communion in a very safe way. So be thinking about that and would love to have you to come back um, also, just to let you know, invite people. If you think that this is safe and, and um, that it's not going to compromise anyone's health, invite them to come. Because I think still there are lots of people wondering what is it like and how can, how can they come. So just get the word out. Last announcement will be this. At the conclusion of the service, the last song, we're gonna, we'll start on this side. We're going to let people go out. So just kind of take your time. And Usher will be coming forward to to excuse you. So let's stand. I'm going to share with you the blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.
everybody go in peace and serve the Lord
It's hard to find the truth in all.